0: This is Freedom 1570, KDIZ, Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul, powered by JTR Roofing.
2: Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm John Scott. The House proceeding with efforts to impeach President Trump. Here's an update from Capitol Hill correspondent Bernie Bennett.
3: President Trump is on the verge of an unprecedented censure. He faces a single charge, incitement of insurrection for allegedly encouraging protesters in Washington to approach the Capitol and fight against contested election results. Members held a procedural vote where Republicans tried to amend the rules for debate. They now hold two hours of debate on the resolution. Final passage is expected between 3 and 4 p.m. Eastern, then they pass it on to the Senate. The other chamber,
2: still under Republican control, won't return until January
3: 19th. Bernie Bennett, Capitol Hill.
2: Oklahoma Congressman Tom Cole says Democrats need to take steps to unify America.
0: Rather than looking ahead to a new administration, the majority is again seeking to settle scores against the old one. Rather than seeking to heal America, they're seeking to divide us more deeply.
2: And in remarks, President Trump says Democrats hurting America by moving to impeach him again.
0: The impeachment hoax is a continuation
4: of the greatest and most vicious witch hunt in the history of our country and is causing tremendous anger and division and pain far greater than most people will ever understand, which is very dangerous for the USA, especially at this very tender time.
2: Also at townhall.com, coronavirus deaths in the U.S. have hit another one-day high at over 4,300. With the country's attention now focused largely on the fallout from the deadly uprising at the Capitol. The nation's overall death toll from COVID-19 has eclipsed 380,000 now. That's according to Johns Hopkins University. It is closing in fast on the number of Americans killed in World War II, or about 407,000. On Wall Street, the Dow is down five points. The NASDAQ is ahead 62. More on these stories at townhall.com.
3: I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey, both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching, his paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shocks and steroids into your dog all the time.
5: D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot
3: com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing V-I-T-E.com.
0: In the KingdomBuilders.com studios, I'm Lee Michaels here on Freedom 1570. Stay tuned for Like It Matters Radio with Mr. Black coming up next. Our full program lineup available at Freedom1570.com. You can listen to us on TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Radio.com. All the smart speakers are better yet. Download the Freedom 1570 mobile app. For today, clouds decrease a high near 40 Good to see a little wintry mix tonight. Some snow showers for Thursday with a high
1: in the mid-30s.
5: There, Twin Cities. This is Amanda and Rob from I on the Target Radio. Join us every Sunday evening from four to
3: six for your home for everything Second Amendment on I on the Target Radio.
5: Yeah, I can trust you to at least know the name of our show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of that is a little bit tricky.
5: We are here on Freedom 1570. Tune in
0: live every Sunday evening from four to six on Freedom 1570, ringing liberty and truth. Election fraud, radical abortion rights, open borders, riots in our streets, and regime changes in other nations. Meet George Soros, an atheist and one of the most dangerously influential people in America, pouring millions of dollars into the leftist agenda, instigating society's demoralization to control a free people and destroy the foundations of Christianity and our constitutional order. Watch the new film, Billionaire Radical. George Soros and the Scheme to Remake America. Online at SalemNow.com See the movie that George Soros and the far left don't want you to see. Learn the truth and prepare to be shocked. Billionaire radical George Soros and the Scheme to Remake America. Online at SalemNow.com for just 9 dollars or buy the DVD for just $12.99 Visit SalemNow.com and use promo code Minneapolis to save 20%.
4: Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. This is Scott Black, and I am live, and I am honored that you choose to join me uh, for this Hour of Power. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about our focus. Our focus. You know, I always talk about the importance of our directional focus. In our journey through life, if, uh, if you had to be analogous uh, to something, I would call it a long road trip. And in our vehicle of life, we have windows, we have mirrors, you know, and and if you think about it, leadership, which is my forte, is really about choices. And so as a leader, we can either focus uh, in our rearview mirror or keep our focus in a forward direction through our windshield. Very few people would drive down the freeway of life with their focus entirely or most of the time looking behind them. Yet today, many people are doing just that, not only on their life journey, but on all aspects of their journey. And so today, I want to talk about the power and the importance of not only focus, but where we put that focus. Remember, we live in time. Uh, God lives above time. He's not uh, controlled by his elements that he creates, but we live in time, and so we on our timeline... We have three spots. We have our, our our past, we have a present called the now, and then we have a future. And in my clinical work that I've done with people, neuro-linguistic programming, one thing I've learned a long time ago is most people's timeline is skewed. It's skewed. And why does that matter? Because where our focus is depends on what we're thinking about. And what we're thinking about dictates what our body feels like because remember, the body releases roughly about 63 known chemicals. And those chemicals make us feel sad, make us feel depressed, make us feel excited, make us feel turned on or turned off. And so our focus really does dictate a lot. I mean, in America today, we are struggling with the epidemic, pandemic, and I'm not talking about COVID-19. Whatever you think about COVID-19 or don't think about COVID-19, again, I think it's a real virus. Uh, I think it's being used uh, in a nefarious way. I think we're being conditioned like animals uh, to shut up, sit down, put on your mask, stay home, don't go to church. Uh, And I don't think it's for this. I think there's something bigger coming. But even before COVID, we had a, a massive problem with depression. We had a massive problem with uh, PTSD. We had a massive problem with addictions, drugs, and alcohol, pornography. Those are all escapes. They're all self-medication. And I shared with you an article earlier this week uh, about what's happening, about the COVID-19, the pandemic, is creating another pandemic, a mental health devastation. And, And the piece in that article, which was so important, was they talked about prolonged grief. Prolonged grief, because we all have grief, but this is prolonged grief, which affects approximately they said 10 percent of bereaved people. I'm going to tell you right now, I bet you it's in the 25, 35 percent right now, and it's characterized by at least six months of intense longing, preoccupation, or both. Now they're talking about with a deceased person, emotional pain, loneliness, difficulty, reengaging in life. you see what I'm saying? What would normally be caused by a loss of a spouse? is now caused by loss of freedoms, It's caused by loss of jobs and income, caused by loss of hope. And that's what I really want to talk about today. When we talk about forward-looking, we're talking about hope. Because depression, by definition, is this, helpless and hopeless. That's what depression is, that's the definition of depression, helpless and hopeless. What depression says, what helplessness and hopelessness says, is that my life sucks today and tomorrow is going to be no better. But what hope says is that no matter what's going on in my life, whether it's good or bad or or getting better or getting worse, that tomorrow there's a possibility that it might be better. And as a leader, we got to be hope peddlers, it's really important. Because hope keeps people alive. Hope keeps people moving. I use the example, you know, there are three perceptual positions. There are three ways to see any situation. Uh, First position is we see it through ourself, our ego, ourself. That's our default mechanism. Second position is the ability to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins. To actually get out of our own experience, to get off our own self-righteous, self-absorbed focus, and actually step into another person's shoes and see it from their perspective. And third position is overview. That's like you're watching it on a video and watching the interaction. And In each position it brings you more information. And the more information you have, the better the decisions you can make. And that's where I like to say, I love this saying. If I could understand you a little bit better, and you could understand me a little bit better, doesn't it make sense we're in a position to have a better relationship? And what's lacking in America today is understanding. I mean, i got to be honest with you. the, The national hypocrisy that is going on right now, we have the most nationalistic president. People attacked him because he put America first. He doesn't take an income. It's cost him probably billions of dollars in his name ID, his business, and all that. He is one of the most selfless presidents I think we've ever had. He gains nothing and gives everything. And they're going to attempt to impeach him with seven days left. They're going to rush as quick as they can because he's going to be out of office in seven days. But they're going to have to smite him. They're going to have to flog him publicly, hang him out naked uh, so that everybody can see. I mean, really? Why? Why? Because now he's a traitor. Now he's treasonous. Wow. The guy who was too pro-American, who basically put America first, shielded himself in the flag, talked about America to where the media hated him. But now they're attacking him as a traitor. And a lot of you are buying into that crap, that bogus. You know, you got to understand what's going on. And without understanding, we become ignorant. Without understanding, we become, as Mark Levin says, we're just drones. Can you understand how someone in the inner city, someone of color who has no hope of getting out of Chicago or New York City unless they're in a cop car or an ambulance, can you understand how that person would kill someone for five bucks? I can. Now, am I saying it's okay? Absolutely not. Am I saying that they shouldn't be prosecuted? Absolutely not. What I'm saying is if I get out of my own experience. And step into a young person of color who has no father, who has, uh, has been around, probably abused by mom's boyfriends that she's had coming and going throughout the, uh, the time. Who basically has been told that they have no value, that the white man's out to get you, that the government wants to kill you, that police are hunting you. Do you understand how they, if that person has no hope, why they would do what they do? See, that's the difference. Michael Jordan, remember the old, I want to be like Mike? What Michael Jordan did is he gave people hope. He gave them hope that no matter what your situation is right now, that you can get out of it, that you can become successful, that you can become respectable, that you can become somebody. And that's why being, I want to be like Mike was such a powerful thing because it gave people in the inner cities, people of color, some hope. And today, in America today, I'm telling you right now, I don't care if you voted for Biden or Trump, it looks hopeless. It looks helpless. Biden promised you all that the the worst is yet to come. Biden promised you all that it's going to be a long, dark winter. Biden promised you all with his running mate, COVID-19, and his assistant, Fauci, that it's going to be tough times ahead of you. So you're going to need to suck up to the government. Uh, they want you to suck up to the government because then when you live in daddy's house, you follow daddy's rules. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we want to get you forward looking. We want to put in some hope. We'll be back in three minutes.
5: Stimulus and the response, there is a space, and in that space is your power, your freedom. Dr. Viktor Frankl.
0: Get rid of the pain in your knees without surgery or more medication. Abundant Life Health Center in Chanhassen is the first Twin Cities clinic to use computerized knee decompression, a non-invasive, non-surgical solution for your chronic knee pain. Abundant Life Health Center is so confident this will work for you. They're offering your first treatment free. If you're one of the first 15 callers now, that's a $250 value free. Call 952-383-38, 952-383-38. Take Freedom 1570 with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests, and more. All from the app. Just search for Freedom 1570 in the App Store.
4: This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today I'm pontificating on your desire to be forward-looking. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we have a timeline. We have a past, we have a present, and we have a future. And there are many people that are just getting through life. We call it good enough. G-O-O-D-N-U-F-F. Good enough to get by, good enough that he or she doesn't walk out the door and leave a note on the wall and take the kids with him, good enough that we don't get fired, good enough for tenure, good enough for government work. We've all heard those before. And the sad part is the last one, good enough for government work because we're living in America now that the government wants you to be totally dependent on them. Why? So they can control you, so they can manipulate you, so they can get you doing whatever they want. It's it's a scary time right now. And so what we got to do is create our own hope. Since there's not a lot of hope in the Biden administration, there's not a lot of hope because America's moving away from God. There's not a lot of hope because we're basically, it looks like a civil war, that if you believe in the Bible, if you believe in traditional American values, if you believe in putting America first, you're a traitor. You're evil. You're a hateful person. You're a bigot. You're a homophobe. Uh, You're misogynist. Like, wow, I just thought I was American. That's all. But I guess have all those things, I guess, huh? And so we've got to create some hope. And I want to share with you uh, someone that has very little hope. And I'm not talking about Joe Biden. <laughs> I'm talking about someone I actually work with, right? Yeah, I know, John. Sorry, I did I did your job. Sorry, John. Not a joke. <laughs> but, you know, I do, I do a lot of ministry work, a lot of ministry work. And by the way, we need your money. We need your help. Uh, You know, we help people whether they have money or not. So, man, please go to likeitmatters.net, and we're a 501c3. We need money to pay for this radio show. We're working to get in syndication. Uh, We work with people all over the world. I got uh, in Uganda Starline Children's Ministry that we're working to buy property uh, and bring in water uh, so that these children can live a decent life. Uh, We got a family in uh, uh, Gambia that we support, that we help out, and uh, it's wonderful i get to be like their father uh, i got a, a gentleman probably in his early 20s um, i think it's mud alani uh and uh, he's basically raising his two siblings because mom and dad were killed uh and uh it was just uh incredible over christmas time to see emails from them and he called me his father you're like a father and that we gave them a christmas that they haven't had since their parents died just really touches me but i also do a lot of work in prison work uh People who have made mistakes, like we all have, uh, they got caught. And I'm not condoning what these people do. We, we all fall short of the glory of God. But one of those gentlemen, my kids go to a Christian school, small Christian school, and one of the gentlemen, over a two-year period of time, one of the teachers there uh, was arrested for having an ongoing sexual relationship with one of their uh, his uh, 13-year-old students, star basketball player, uh, traveled with his family, uh, and they were doing things in the school at the school, it was just, it was terrible. Gross. About six months later, eight months later, a guy I was in a, a, a men's group with, a guy who spoke at chapel on Friday for that school, uh, was arrested, because uh, he has a stepdaughter, and found out he had had an ongoing relationship, uh, you know, physical, I don't want to say too much, I like family show here, but, uh, and he was arrested, and while he was getting ready to go to, you know, his trial, Uh, and go to prison, Uh, I would visit him a couple days a week at the gym. And everybody at the school hated this guy, and I get it. But I would visit him, not because I thought he was okay, not because uh, I didn't think it was terrible what he did. I would never let him around my kids. I really have no desire to hang out with him. So why did I go visit him? Because God says that the true gospel is, did you feed people that were hungry? Did you visit people in prison? Did you help uh, the, the, the person that had nobody else to help them. What you did for the least of my kingdom, you did for me. And God turns around and said, what you did not do for the least of my kingdom, you did not do for me. And so this is a little letter from Sean. He sent it, uh, it's dated 12, uh, 2520. So Christmas 2000 days is a long time. Roughly 2000 days ago, parenthetically put more actually A man now known as Preach left his children and his life behind so that he could live among murderers, thieves, rapists, and other such unsavorable people more than 2,000 days ago. A little more than 2,000 days from now, Preach's youngest son will turn 18 and will legally become eligible to communicate with his father. What could he possibly care to say at that point? Dad, screw you. I've been writing 11 years to say that. I've been waiting 11 years to say that. I was seven years old when you went to jail. You have any idea what it's a bit like being a seven year old at school, thinking your dad went on some kind of trip, and the other kids telling you that you're really in jail? Yeah, that happened. Preach pauses and sobs while he considers his son's feelings during this event. But you don't care about that. All you cared about was hedonism. Well, I hope you're getting all you wanted in prison. As for me, I'm a man now. I grew up without you. I needed you, but you weren't there. So don't ever think of contacting me. That sounds about right. What else could someone be expected to say or feel after so long without his father? What would preachers' response be? Eric, I'm so sorry for what you went through. Words. Who cares about words? What Eric needs is love, not words. And love takes time. And the time is lost. Words don't suffice. What will Susie's letter be like when she's 18? Right now, she spent almost half her life without her father. Her letter would be written seven years from now. Daddy, she'll probably call him Daddy. On my 18th birthday... I received a box of hundreds of letters that you wrote to me while you were locked up. You wrote almost every week. I don't understand that, Daddy. If you love me so much, why did you hurt my stepsister and go to prison? Mom doesn't talk about you much anymore, but if anything, she said it's true. I shouldn't trust you. I'm not safe around you. I won't communicate with you. And if I do, it'll be on my terms. Letters only for now. I'm not ready to see or hear your voice yet. So let me tell you what the past dozen years have been like for a girl whose father is a sex offender. Preach lies on his back and cries and cries and cries as he spends another Christmas separated from his children. Will they ever be reunited? Can the past be repaired? Can he even make it another 2,000 days? And then another fourteen hundred days after that, until he discharges his sentence. Time may not seem like much to you, the reader, but Preach is becoming painfully aware of the significant, um, unrepairable efforts, effects of his lost time. This is handwritten. Sorry, two thousand days down. Merry Christmas. Whew. Sorry about that. I've walked with this guy. I know his children my kids went to school with his children, and I apologize about the emotion. This is where I live. These are the shoes I walk in. And ladies and gentlemen, that's called helpless and hopeless. We've all made mistakes. I'm not defending him, I'm not condoning him. Please don't read any of that in there. But I just wanna get, now this guy's in prison physically. But let me tell you what, there's a lot of people out there in prison mentally. And so helpless and hopeless what you just read from Preach, from Sean, that causes depression. And what we got to do as leaders is take control. Remember, communication is a transaction. And there's two types of communication. The communication we have with another person, that's where most people go to training, and they learn how to talk, how to sell, how to conflict resolution, how to do therapy, marriage counseling, right? We're learning how to communicate with another person. That's called interpersonal, two people or more. But the second type of communication is called intrapersonal. And that is the communication that we have with ourselves. And I'm going to tell you right now, the communication we have with ourselves is far more important than the communication we have with others. Why? How can I say that, Black? Well, because one stems from the other. The way we communicate with ourselves it creates a frame, creates a, a, a window that we look at, and it affects how we communicate with other people. And so hope really comes from our internal communication. I mean, right now, I could be attacked. I can be called all kinds of stuff. I defend Donald Trump on Facebook, and I'm called all kinds of names. I'm called a traitor. Uh, I'm called a hate, all that stuff. And a lot of times, I'll do a little smiley face blowing a kiss because that person doesn't know me. That person doesn't define me. My God knows who I am. The 20,000 people's lives I've impacted, they know who I am. The people that I give my limited amount of money to, when I get money, I'm a conduit. It goes right out to Africa. It goes to India. Uh, it goes to uh, the local people I support here. It goes to Jimbo in Florida who has a, a ministry where he goes into at midnight, goes, drives up to pimps and prostitutes and shares the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he used to be in Minneapolis there. Now he's in Florida. So I'm telling you, hope. Hope is what you do between the stimulus and the response. That's what transactional analysis is. There's a stimulus and there's a response. But the stimulus does not dictate the response. What happens, because our mind is six times faster, when someone says something or does something, we see something from our past, we hear something from our past, and we feel something from our past. And then based on that, we respond. We're not responding to what someone is saying or doing. We're responding to our narrative about what they're saying or doing. So after the break... I'm going to give you some hope. I am Mr. Black. We'll be back in three minutes.
1: What can you do in 48 hours that changes your life? Like it Matters Leadership Awakening. Listen to this 22-year law enforcement veteran with PTSD compare Leadership Awakening to other training he's received.
4: You focus on the individual. I think you kind of answered the why question, whereas a lot of the other programs that are out there, I don't want to say they put a Band-Aid on it, but they don't do a very good job of going into the why. And, you know, why am I doing this? Why is my brain uh, revert back to the images? You know, why do I get depressed? And like you said, right, it's a
1: choice. 48 hours. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours, and it will change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule for Leadership Awakening near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule. Leadership Awakening, where 48 hours will change your life.
3: Hi, this is Cole with The Kingdom Builders. Luke 12 says, Do not seek what you are to eat or what you are to drink, nor be worried, for the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. With all that is going on in our crazy world today, we can always take comfort in the truth of Scripture. We will be reminded of an awaiting kingdom, a righteous king and a perfect sinless body. Even though we can't count on the peace from the world, we can always count on the faithfulness of the word. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at cole at the
4: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and yes, application. Because you know what? All the knowledge in the world don't mean nothing unless you can apply it. You know, when we talk about education, I use Albert Einstein's definition. And that definition is not the learning of mere facts and figures. I'm not wanting to give you information so that you can win on Jeopardy. I'm giving you information that allows you to understand yourself, that allows you to understand how you create experience, that allows you to understand you have far more control than you realize. The battle's in the mind. And remember, our mind is six times faster than we can talk. And so we got to realize that there's a gap And the only way you can understand that is to be in the now moment. The only way you know what to say out loud is because you hear it in your head a fraction of a second before it comes out. How else can you hold a word that's halfway out of your mouth and stop it unless you know what that word is? And so we've got to create some hope. That is the number one commodity of a leader is hope. We're to be hope-paddlers. That's why I know Joe Biden didn't get 80 million votes. I know this was a fraudulent election. There is nothing hopeful about Joe Biden. A 50-year person in government, the guy's going senile. All the Democrats run on is hate and bitterness and resentment. I got to be honest with you. You should check your passport if you think you're a kingdom of God, if you think you're a member of the kingdom of God, and you vote for a Democratic Party that is anti-life, anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-American, anti-traditional family, and yet the audacity to call a president who's the most pro-American president treasonous? Wow. Uh, that's like Judas preaching a sermon at the foot of the cross while Jesus is being bled out. That's, uh, it's just stunning. Just stunning. And so we need some hope. You know, if you can look at the sunset and smile, and find beauty in the colors of a small flower, then you still have hope. If you can find pleasure in the movement of a butterfly, and if the smile of a child can still warm your heart, then you still have hope. If you can see the good in other people, and if the rain breaking on a rooftop can still lull you to sleep, then you still have hope. If the sight of a rainbow still makes you stop and stare in wonder, and if the soft fur of a favored pet still feels pleasant under your fingertips, then you still have hope. If you meet new people with a trace of excitement and optimism, and if you give people the benefit of the doubt, then you still have hope. If you still offer your hand in friendship to others that have touched your life, And if receiving an unexpected card or letter still brings a pleasant surprise, then you still have hope. If the suffering of others still fills you with pain and frustration, and if you refuse to let a friendship die or accept that it must end, then you still have hope. If you look forward to a time or a place of quiet and reflection, and if you still watch love stories or want the endings to be happy, then you still have hope. If you can look to the past and smile, and when faced with a bad, when told everything is futile, you can still look up and end the conversation with the phrase, yes, but, then you still have hope. Hope is such a mar- marvelous thing. You know, it bends, it twists, it sometimes hides, but barely, barely does it ever break. It sustains us when nothing else can. It gives us reason to continue and courage to move ahead when we tell ourselves, you know what, I'd rather give in. Hope puts a smile on our face when the heart cannot manage. Hope puts our feet on the path when our eyes cannot see it. Hope makes us to act when our souls are confused of the direction. Hope is a wonderful thing. Sometimes to be cherished and nurtured and something that will refresh us in return. It can be found in each and every one of us. And it can bring light into the darkest of places. So never lose hope. And that was from the website of of at com out of Australia. And ladies and gentlemen, you've got to take care of your own hope need. We've got to quit having other people fill that need. That's not an outside job. Outside of God. I'll, I'll say this is parenthetically outside of God. Because that's why the gospel is called the good news. Don't you get what good news is? It's hope. It's hope. And C.S. Lewis talks about this in the book Mere Christianity. He says hope is one of those theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward, hear it again, a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not as some modern people today think a form of escapism, or wishful thinking. But one of the things a Christian is meant to do, it does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. As a matter of fact, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. Consider the apostles themselves. They set foot the conversion of the Roman Empire. The great men who built up the Middle Ages, the English evangelicals who abolished the slave trade, all left their mark on earth precisely because their minds were occupied with heaven. They were looking forward, which creates a hope. It is since Christians have ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. And he goes on to say one of my favorite quotes by C.S. Lewis. He says, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. And ladies and gentlemen, hope. And you can sit there and say, well, yeah, black, but you don't get it. I'm out of work, so am I. I got a job, I just don't get paid. I still got a job. So people say, well, go get a job, I got one. It's helping people that have no money. It's helping people that are lost. It's helping people that have a lot of trauma and drama, PTSD, help them clean up their stinking thing and help them figure out what they're doing that's causing them to be, live in such pain. But I always go to the book, Man's Search for Meaning. If you have never read the book by Dr. Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, I would highly recommend it. Because if you think hope is just about positive circumstances, you are so wrong. And right now, you've got to create some hope, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's your business life, whether it's your spiritual life, whether it's your national, locally, political life, Whether it's relational life, that's the five sectors I I identified. Personal, business, spiritual, national, locally, political, whatever that is right there, that's one of them. And then relationally. And let's be honest. If you're a traditional American, if you're a true child of God, not the fake Christians out there, but a true child of God, uh, nationally, there's no hope. Yeah, I get irritated when I hear Christians say, well, Jesus is on the throne, Oh, Jesus on the throne! Oh my gosh! Of course he's on the throne. He's eternal. He's always been on the throne until he spent some time down here. Of course he's on the throne. Duh! Jesus was on the throne when Hitler slaughtered eight to ten million Jews. Jesus was on the throne when uh, the diaspora happened. Right when Jews were surrounded in Jerusalem and they started eating each other, eating their children. Think about it. God has always been on the throne. But God gives us the choices. I told you I was counseling a guy, and uh, he said, uh, you know, he said, one of the greatest gifts God's given you. I said, what's one of the greatest gifts God's given you? He says, free will. And I go, free will? What? I go, I attempt to give God back my free will on a daily basis. It is my free will that's caused my life such a mess. I don't want free will. I want to be an automatron. God, make me do it. God, press the buttons. That's not the greatest gift. It's not at all. The greatest gift that God's given us is hope. Jesus in the ministry of reconciliation. You know the thing. Reconciling a fallen. Yeah. Yeah, I do know the thing, Joe. You don't know the thing. Reconciled a fallen man to a holy God. And here's what Dr. Viktor Frankl said. In Auschwitz. He saw his pregnant wife killed by the Nazis. He saw father, mother killed by the Nazis. He saw unspeakable grief and suffering and man's inhumanity to man. And here's what he said in the book, Man's Search for Meaning. He says, We who lived in the concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of his freedoms, is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To choose one's own way. And this is the father of logotherapy. And logotherapy is all about man's search for meaning. To find purpose in everything. That's what it's about. My favorite quote comes from Dr. Frankel. Between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your power. It is your freedom. And so you've got to get in the game. Because if you're looking in your rear view mirror, there are three R's to survival. That's what good enough is. And when you live your life good enough, someday you're going to die, and you're going to die good enough. The three R's of survival are regret, resentment, and resistance. All three require a rear focus. Look at the bitterness and hatred of the Democrats. They want to destroy this man. They want to humiliate him. Boy, no one could get arrested for the Russian hoax. No one was arrested for lying to FISA court. No one was arrested in all these BLM des- destructive marches. But boy, the FBI is making sure they can round up everybody they can that was at the Capitol. Hey, everybody. we are got to get them. We're going to do it. But none of this other stuff has been going on for four years, lying, spying, dying. Nobody's going to jail for any of that stuff. But now we can get Trump and get some of his supporters. We can flog them. We can put them on a list where they're outlawed, where they're banned. I think we had a list like that before. It was called Schindler's List. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Black. We'll be back in three minutes.
0: Wake up with the Freedom 1570 Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint in a detailed yet concise manner. Sign up at freedom1570.com. Just use the keyword subscribe. that's like it likeitmatters.net. No tears in heaven,
4: no sorrows given, all will be glory in that land. Amen. I am Mr. Sadness, Black, and I give it a big amen. That means I'm in agreement with the words of that song. Unlike our Democratic, I'd like to call them friends, but... Uh, what, uh, what union does dark have with darkness have with light? But uh, there's no a woman. Uh, it's amen. Uh, God is the great amen. He is the amen of the amen, Jesus Christ is. So amen. Great words, great song. Well, today we're talking about forward looking. Why do you want to look forward? Because in your past is regret. In your past is resentment. In your past is resistance. Remember, 40% of America has been part of the resistance movement. I want to destroy Donald Trump. Uh, not my president, fake election. Remember for four years, millions of dollars, $100 million spent to destroy this man, Uh, and now a fake election, fraud election, we're now all supposed to just get behind this guy called Joe Biden. Now, we're not supposed to resist at all. We're supposed to be good Americans. That's just crazy. See, hope is not a place. Hope is not in Donald Trump or in in, uh, Joe Biden. Hope is not in America you gotta find hope internally. Hope is a bunch of BS, and by BS I mean belief system. You gotta have hope. It doesn't matter what your circumstances is. What matters is what do you make of those circumstances. It reminds me of a story. One of my favorite stories. A young woman went to her mother and told her about her life and how she was struggling, how things were really hard for her. She did not know how she was gonna make it. She she was helpless and hopeless. Just give up. She was tired of fighting and struggling. It seemed as one problem was solved, a new one would arise. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Her mother gently took her hand and walked her to the kitchen. She filled three pots with water and placed each one on a high fire. Soon, the pots came to boil. In the first, she placed carrots. In the second pot, she placed eggs. And the third pot, she placed ground coffee beans. She let them sit and boil without saying a word. After about 20 minutes of silence, she turned off the burners. She fished the carrots out and placed them in a bowl. She pulled the eggs out and placed them in a bowl. Then she ladled the coffee out and placed it in a cup. Turning to her daughter, she asked, Tell me, what do you see here? She said, carrots, eggs, and coffee. Her mother brought her closer and asked her to feel the carrots. She did. She noted they were soft. The mother then asked the daughter to take an egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard boiled egg. Finally, the mother asked the daughter to sip the coffee. The daughter smiled as she tasted its rich aroma. The daughter then asked with tears, Mom, what does this mean? What is this? How does this affect my life? Her mother explained that each one of these objects had faced the same adversity, boiling water. Anybody feel like you're in boiling water right now? Each reacted differently, however, to the same stimulus, The carrot went in strong, hard, unrelenting. However, after being subjected to the boiling water, it softened. It became weak. The egg had been fragile. Its thin outer shell had protected its liquid interior. But after sitting through the boiling water, its insides became hardened. Many of us know that feeling. The ground coffee beans were unique, however. After they were in the boiling water, they weren't changed. They changed the water. Which one are you? She asked her daughter. When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a ground up coffee bean? We gotta think of this, ladies and gentlemen, which one are we? Are you the carrot that seems strong, but with pain and adversity, do you wilt, become soft, lose your strength? Are you the egg that starts with a malleable heart, but changes when the heat gets too hot? Do you have a fluid spirit? But after a death, a breakup, a lost business, a lost election, a lost hope, some other trial, have you become hardened? Stiff? Does your shell look the same, but on the inside, are you bitter and tough? With a stiff spirit? A hardened heart? Or are you like the coffee bean? The bean actually changed the hot water. The very circumstances that brings the pain when the water gets hot, it releases the fragrance, the flavor. It grows into its own. If you are like the bean, when things are at their worst... You get better and change the situation around you. When the hour is the darkest and the trials are the greatest, do you elevate yourself to another level? How do you handle adversity? Consider this. Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? See, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot control what's happening to us. But we can control what's happening in us. Remember, in the book about epigenetics, uh, uh, not man-search, meaning biology of belief, Dr. Lipton said, Bruce Lipton said, we are basically a community of 300 trillion cells, all driven by our environment. And we might not be able to control our environment, but we can control what happens inside of us. We might not be able to control what happens to us, but we can control what happens in us. And this is really the essence of logotherapy. Throughout Dr. Viktor Frankl's work, he found that people struggled with feelings of meaningless, a situation which he referred to as existential vac- vacuum. It's an existential vacuum, and let's be honest, there's a lot of people in America struggling with this. Our purpose, our pride. We used to have values of American pride in America. We can't even have pride in America unless you're wanting to destroy Donald Trump. Then you could have pride. See, logotherapy is based on the premise that humans are driven to find a sense of meaning, a purpose in life. That's why they ask, why daddy? Why mommy? Why John? Why Lee? We ask. I ask John and Lee all the time, why, why, why? Because I'm looking for meaning. I'm looking to connect logical dots. And according to Dr. Frankel, life's meaning can be discovered in three different ways. If you're not driving and you have a pen and paper, you should write these down. Number one, by creating a work or accomplishing some task. Number two, By experiencing something fully or loving somebody fully. Number three, by the attitude that one adopts toward unavoidable suffering. And boy, does that not resemble America today. See, Dr. Frankel believed that suffering is a part of life, and it is. The Bible says that very clearly. Do not be surprised by the tribulation, by the trials you were going through. That's why I followed Jesus Christ. God came down in the form of man and walked in our shoes. That we don't have a high priest that doesn't know our pain. We have a high priest that walked in our shoes, that knows what it's like to be tempted, that knows what it's like to be treated poorly. I mean, here's the son of God, God himself in human form that doesn't have a place to lay his head. Think about what we did to him on the cross. We humiliated him. We mocked him. We stripped him naked. We spit on his face. We put a bag over his head and then punched him around. Why the bag over the head? Because your body naturally defends itself. And when someone goes to punch you, you have automatic reflexes. But if you put a bag over someone's head where they can't see where the punches are coming from, it does far more damage, far more structurally. That's sad. See, we can find meaning in our lives by identifying the unique roles that only you can fulfill. Logotherapy believes that many illnesses or mental health issues are actually due to existential angst. That's what's going on. Dr. Caroline Leaf says that. 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. 87% of all diseases are psychosomatic. And when you're depressed, a poor mental health creates a poor physical health. See, people won't know or won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Whether you're talking about Teddy Roosevelt or John Maxwell... They've said that same over and over and over. It's given credit to a lot of different people. But I want you to know it's an inside job. The battle's in the mind. You've got to look forward. You've got to find something. If you can't find it in America, find it in your business. And if your business is struggling and can't find it there, find it relationally. And if you can't find it there and you're not going to find it politically because America is going down the tube real quick, I'm going to suggest that there's one place they can always find hope. And that's at the foot of the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten name, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For this is how God showed his love for us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does.
2: A man and a woman.
4: No tears in heaven. No tears in heaven. No tears in heaven will be known.
1: Winston Churchill said, All the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. Hi, this is Andrew Parker with the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. Join
0: Andrew Parker this Sunday evening at 6 as he talks politics, Israel,
1: and the law. The Victory Hour every
0: Sunday evening at 6 here on Freedom 1570.
1: I'm impressed
2: with my attorney, Bernie.
0: I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock alerts you to potential threats. And if there's a problem, U.S.-based specialists will help fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock helps keep what's yours, yours. Get 25% off your first
5: year with promo code SMART at lifelock.com. Ringing, Liberty and